0: Well, well, well. I'm thankful to be here this morning. I don't know about you, but um, when the video showed uh, thankful to walk without no pain, I don't know about you guys, but I have a little difficulty sometimes walking. You know, these hips—they're just getting older and older. So, you know, I struggle sometimes with that. But I am very thankful to be in this moment with you right now, my beloved Crosswinds family. How are you guys doing up in the stairs? Yeah? Can I get a stairs? Hey! Ah, yeah, you see, sometimes you guys just go without, you know, being mentioned. So I thought I'd just shot you out a little bit this morning. Uh, well, I hope you all came here much like me, 30 pounds heavier, you know, <laughs> filled with uh, turkey, brisket, uh, greens, gravy, and stuffing. Uh, now, fun fact, I had Thanksgiving out in Texas this week. Um, ooh, yeah, uh, okay, uh, I'm a big traveler. <laughs> no, so I have some friends that I went to go have a Thanksgiving with, and um, so, fun fact, out in the South, they call stuffing um, dressing. And I was like, so I was looking for the stuffing. I don't necessarily like stuffing. Don't judge me for that, okay? A lot of people don't like stuffing. But I don't like stuffing until they're like, oh, so, go get some dressing. And I'm like looking for the balsamic vinaigrette, you know, the Italian, and I'm like, there is no dressing on this table they're like no we got seafood dressing and i was like seafood dressing first of all that doesn't even sound appealing and secondly where is the dressing but they, they were talking about uh, stuffing so it was kind of funny um but lucky you you guys are stuck with me this morning <laughs> so many of you don't know who i am i am sophia i'm the creative arts pastor here and uh mo- many of you don't uh, often see me sometimes i'm on here playing a little guitar like taylor swift Sometimes I'm up here uh, hosting and telling you how lovely you look, Uh, but most of the time I am found right in that booth with headphones on looking like I land planes for a living and I'm like, go lights, go shades, go out, get out, let's go, Chris, (laughs) shut up, we're past time. I am in everyone's ear directing everything that's going on Uh, and so I see the back of your heads, lovely heads, don't get me wrong. However, I am very grateful to be in front looking at your eyeballs And uh, so it's very lovely to see you from this perspective. Um, I always get stuck in the back, but um, I like this view so much more. Uh, So let's get real right off the gate. I only know how to speak and preach one way. Um, I just wanna be really vulnerable. Um, uh, I have this thing that I like to say, that I like being hot. Now now don't now don't get to insumptions, okay? <laughs> but she's like, she is so cocky, <laughs> she is big headed. No, no, what I mean by hot is humble, open, and transparent. That's the only way I know how to live life. So how I speak, how I live life, it's humble, open, and transparent. So I wanna be very vulnerable this morning with you. And I wanna tell you something right off the gate, okay? Elephant in the room, all right? I wanna be really real with you. So I got to say something, and I just want you to hear me now. I am a Latina woman. I know, big shocker. Now, why I'm telling you that is because I talk loud, I talk fast, and I talk a lot. All the women are like, that's just regular, girlfriend. No, 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 Latina, we have so much, plus I have a lot of energy and personality on top of that. So it's just gonna be a really loud, so hold on to your seat, strap your seatbelt in, because we're gonna go for a little ride this morning. And now that we got that out of the way, Would you do me a favor just to get energy back in the room uh, from that wonderful time of worship and from the video? But uh, would you just uh, high five at least two, three people around you and say, oh boy, I have no idea what we're in for this morning. Would you do that for me? High five them. Yeah, you have no idea what you're in for. My, 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 my. Well, Crosswinds, I wanted to start off this morning by saying you are marked by God. Now, I know it sounds a little churchy and a a bit cliche, if you would, but uh, I feel like someone maybe came in discouraged this morning. What I mean when I say marked is that like a marksman who lines up his target in the parameters and within the eyesight of the shooter. So God does with your life. He has you in his direct line of sight. Marked for the things that he has called you to be. So throughout this message, you're going to hear me refer to this uh, idea of being marked. And this is what I mean by that. I just wanted you to get a picture of a marksman lining up his target, locked in, keyed in on, and that target is under the watchful gaze of the marksman. And in this sermon, obviously the marksman I'm referring to is God. So the role I play here at Crosswinds as creative arts pastor, I focus on all the creative elements that happen weekend to weekend. Speaking of which, just a little plug here, time out here, folks. Um, we have Christmas coming up, and I have the great responsibility of turning this auditorium into a little wonderland. So little plug here, if you find yourself just like, oh, I am just so bored, (laughs) I wonder (laughs) what I could possibly be doing with my life right now, you give me a little email and you can email me at my, uh, there there it is right there. Thank you guys, you guys are so on it. Um, And you can say like, Sophia, girl, I I have so much free time on my hands. This (laughs) is you texting, because you do this. Uh, uh, Let me know what I can do and I will put you to work. So we need to transform this auditorium. We have a lot of projects to do so. If you find yourself in need, of a project, let me know. Husbands say, "Yeah, I'll send my wife your email real soon. here. get her out the house." Um, okay, so back to our regularly scheduled program. Lola, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I want to be hot. I'm going to let you in on a personal journey of mine as of late. In all honesty, family, I've been struggling, and not just with my creativity, but with my purpose within each of the creative elements. You know, it's If it's too serious, or it's too loud, or it's too much, we not only have to take in you all into consideration, uh, but also we have a bunch of little details that have to line up in order for a video, a drama, a live interaction, or a performance song to actually happen. A lot of practice, prep, script writing, editing, acting, time, energy, casting. I mean, there's a lot for two to three minutes on a given Sunday morning. Uh, one could get a little overwhelmed. You see this twitch in my eye? It wasn't there a year ago. <laughs> I could get consumed by it all. And, and like me, maybe maybe you struggle with this question of why. Now, now, in my personal journey, I've been asking, why is this element important? What point is this making? What value for the gospel is this actually doing? And, and being really hot with you, family, it goes beyond my work. I often ask these questions about my own life, the steps that I've been making or have made. I think, gosh, I should be much further than this. I should be married now with 2.5 kids, a little wraparound porch with a little swing in the front, a a red door like the rom-coms that you see. I should at least be financially able to go to an In-N-Out drive-through line and not check my bank account all the time. I should be better than this. And you know, there's plenty of moments where I ask the purpose of things. My creativity takes a dive. My motivation starts to tank, and there goes my fire and my zeal and my purpose. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, I I feel like many of you can relate to this. Maybe it's beyond work-related. Maybe it's personal, or life, or even deeper. It's a conflict in your heart or a battle in your mind. Maybe the things of life currently have you questioning, did God really call me? Is there more to this job that I'm working at? Is there more than how our marriage has been? And I'm here to tell you, yes, yes there is. God has marked you for purpose. God has marked you for impact. He has marked you for destiny. He has called you for more than what you could see right now. And that, just like the marksman I described earlier, they can see what's coming up behind you where you're going, in front of you, because their sight is, the sight that's on you is broad and panned out and wide. And maybe you're sitting here like, yeah, yeah, Sophia, being marked for what? I can't see it. Uh, Why being marked by God? I can't tell where the heck I'm even going or where I'm, I can't see the next steps. And there's this interfering voice that keeps playing in our heads because I hear it too. This voice that says, just stop. You're too young, you're too late. What is God gonna do after the second bankruptcy? God can't do anything after your second marriage. They denied me for the college I want to go to four times? What am I supposed to do with my life? Is God wanting me to be alone forever? Am I ever going to make it out of this? And I truly believe that there are some of you here this morning who have been having these thoughts, carrying around the weight of these questions in your head, in your heart, and you're sitting here today. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what the trial you're facing is, God has marked you. No matter what you're dealing with, battling with, struggling with, God has marked you. And my hope is by the end of this message, you don't just walk away thinking, that was a cute little sermon, I really liked her beanie because her little thing was flying back and forth. Um, But I honestly believe in your heart, you will start to believe that God has his watchful eye on you in the most loving way possible, sees you and he knows you. You're marked. Say that with me church, say, I'm marked. I'm marked. One more time, I'm marked. Okay, so you may want to take notes because this sermon has been cooking in me for a hot minute. You see what I did there? I'm over just for a hot minute. That's also a youthful colloquialism for uh, a really quick minute. It's been really <laughs> boiling up in me. Okay, so I started thinking about what Bible character I can bring to life with this message to kind of relate it to you, uh, a Bible character who was also marked by God that you can start to actually see what this idea of being marked means. And I thought of the story of David. Found in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and what I want to do is I want to work our way up to chapter 17 because you can't see the giant slang gangsta David without knowing the humble warrior David in chapter 16. You have, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, no worries because I'm going to go through these stories pretty, pretty good, and you'll leave here knowing the story of David. Like I could preach that next week if I wanted to, so you're going to have a message. Uh, it sounds like two chapters are a lot. Um, But oftentimes a person in our chapter 16 fully can't understand until we see the chapter 17. And no one can see that version of us in the future except God. And that's why you are marked, chosen because he knows you. He has called you because he's already seen what you are capable of, the person you are meant to grow into. What I want to do is I want to show you three things that can come out of David's story that will help you see what being marked looks like. Is that okay? Okay. I want to show you three things about the life of a marked person. Uh, Let me give you context to what we're about to read. Uh, There's this king. Let's call him Saul. His name's actually Saul. Uh, The people chose him. He's a great king. And like many of us, he started off with really good intentions, but then became a little power hungry, a little crazy. He became a little Kanye West to the nation. And everyone was like, ah. Adidas was like, we need to get Saul off of this. He's a little. uh, He's saying some things that are just not they're just not cool anymore. So the people started to say, dude, what is this guy? And God was like, I'm done with this fool. So now we have Saul. He's king of the people. He's changed about halfway through to someone he didn't even want to be. Not even the people wanted him as king. He was still king, but he was doing things his own way. He had the position, but he struggled with all the power that controlled the jealousy, right? Like many of us, (laughs) you know, we're just like power hungry. Uh, So back in those days, there were these prophets that, Uh, they were the only ones to carry the voice of God to the people of Israel. Samuel was that prophet in this particular time and story. God told Samuel, I'm done with Saul. We need him out. This guy is crazy. We need Kanye off of Adidas and we need him to move on. And yes, he still carries a position, but I'm moving on and I have somebody in mind. So what I need you to do, Samuel, is pack your bags and I need you to go to this guy named Jesse's house because the next king is there. Now he didn't give him specifics, that's all he gave Samuel. Let's dive in right here. Chapter 16, starting in verse six. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one that the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But Samuel said, neither is this one the Lord's chosen. In the same way, all seven of the sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these fools. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Calm down, ladies. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. Verse 13, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the olive oil flask that he had brought, anointed David with all the oil. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on, and Samuel returned to Ramah. Now, ones, how I read the Bible is a little bit different than the average person. I am a creative person by all means, so it's a little creative. Um, so I see actors in my mind who fit pictures of these characters, and it kind of helps me. I feel like the Lord is it bonds with me in these things. Um, so some of these main characters of the story we read, I, I want you to get a picture of what I see, and I want you to get inside my head. I know, it, it's a crazy place, uh, uh, but we're gonna help you through this. Um, I just want to let you know, I want, to, I want to let you see what I see. So first, we have Samuel the prophet. and I see a calm man, wise. You know, he speaks with, with, a, uh, with just authority, but yet there's so much tenderness at the same time. That is my man, Forrest. Um, when I see David, <laughs> if you know who this is, hi friends, you must be a 90s baby like me. You must be a nice baby who likes to binge watch this show and wish you were Kelly Kapowski like I did because I was obsessed with her. Um, And then there's Goliath. (laughs)
1: Listen,
0: it's a dark place in here, okay? Bear with me, folks. Uh, There's a few other main characters from the story. There's David's dad. (laughs) And of course, there's the seven brothers. (laughs) So Jesse found out that Samuel was coming to his house. He got all his sons. So here's my version of the story. With all these characters in mind, this is what happens, okay? I'm going I'm to show you what I just read you. Samuel's like, okay, okay, okay. We're going to Jesse's house. Jesse finds out. He's like, okay, boys, I need you to look your best. Get your finest clothes on. Get your Calvin Klein, tidy whiteys on. We need to show Samuel that you guys are ready to do this. Or, forget about it. We're going to have the next king right here in our own house, right? So here comes Jesse. Jesse's getting all his boys, his his seven boys now, uh, just just his prime ones, uh, ready and, and, and ready for Samuel to look over them. And we see David out in the field over here. He's just with the sheep. He doesn't even know what's going on. David's out here mending his and minding his own business. A little screech out here. He's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, I'm just doing what daddy told me to do, you know? So he's just having a good time. He's got his sheep. And, and David, uh, little do we know, fun fact about David is he's actually a really uh, great instrumentalist. Uh, we'll read later, but he's a great harp player. So imagine David Screech is just out here having a good time with the sheep and he's just like, brrrring-ta-ting-ta-ting-ting. <speaking> brrrring-ta-ting-ta-ting-ting. <the> brrrring-ta-ting-ta-ting-ting. <background> brrrring ta ta And the sheep are just brr ta tink ta ting ting tink ta ting ta and here's this whole festive, the, the 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 Samuel is coming, the prophet, there's the next king. David's over here. And these boys over here like, oh, I'm getting gusted. I'm, I'm getting all prepped up because Samuel's coming. I'm going to be the next king. Daddy's proud of me. I'm going to be daddy's favorite. So they're all getting greased up over here. He's over here having a whole like little musical showdown with his sheep. And there's this story. And, and they're all getting ready for Samuel to come pass by. So imagine all these boys looking good, standing in. The, just the, the best selves, the best versions of themselves, the works, and while Samuel looks over each one of them, so here he goes. He's looking. Samuel goes through all. He's like, oh, oh maybe this one. Now he's got a, he's got a little 16-pack of abs. And surely this is the one that God has called because the king has 16 abs. <laughs> but God's like, nah, bro. Don't look at his outward appearance. That's not the one. And Samuel's like, oh man. Okay, another, another, no, none of these. Uh, Jesse, is there no other sons? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's David, but he's just out with the sheep and goats. Nobody cares about him, David. Uh, so he's like, uh-uh, go and get him, and we will not sit until he comes. The brothers, oh, David, always messing things up. Go get your brother. Oh. David, David, daddy wants you. No, he said, come right now. Here's David, oh, sweaty, working in the fields. He's just, he's got dung between his toes. He's nasty, he's sweaty. He didn't get the time to prep and get all prepared. He doesn't even know what's going on in this house. David comes in the house. Oh, you guys look nice. (laughs) Huh? Because I don't know about you guys, but whenever I got called in from playing outside and my mom was like, Sophia, get in here. Because that's what she sounds like. Sophia, get in here right now. I know good and well not to say, what? I run to the door. Yeah. That's exactly what David does. He's running. Oh, oh, wow. Huh? Daddy, you wanted me? Yeah, Samuel's here. He just needs to look over you, boy. Then you can go right back to the sheep. Samuel looks over David. God's like, yeah, that's him. Samuel's like, what? Are you sure? Like maybe back to the 16 abs over here? No. You want Screech? And God's like, yeah, that one. I want Screech. That's the next king, that's the one. Ultimately, David was chosen, the one that was not even invited to the party, the one that was left out by his own family. This dude was the one marked to be the next king of Israel. First off, I want you to notice that his own father didn't call him by his name. He defined him by a characteristic that was unattractive. He defined him by a characteristic that like, kind of like what we say, like, oh, her, the one who was divorced. Oh, him, the one with the bad attitude. Point number one I wanna say is when you are marked, you are often not seen. There is such a thing as a hit you don't see coming, family. And for David, that hit was rejection, being left out, unwanted, uninvited. Like I actually didn't get an evite to the king's like, uh, uh, literally, I was the last one, you forgot me? Like really, this feeling of abandonment, rejection, there's not quite like a hit you don't see coming like a lot of you maybe here this morning Uh, uh, you 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 have received hits that you didn't see coming maybe a bad divorce the annoying co-worker I know I have a few of those (laughs) the people who counted you out the dad who left but you can't listen to those lies you can't keep allowing those hits to knock you out you need to get back up stand up tall fight because you are marked God has a plan for your life because people around you can't see you for who you are. We make the assumption that God can't see me. And that's the lie where we stumble and get caught off guard because it's simply not true. Now, now, moving forward into David's life, he's been anointed by the prophet Samuel. His brothers hate him. His daddy forgot him. And he's just out there with his homies, with the sheep, minding his missus. So after that, Samuel's like, boom, yep, he's the one. Uh, okay, daddy, what now? Oh, I'm a king. He's like, nah, dude, go back to the sheep. This is not real. We're going to wait till Samuel gets his life together. He probably drank on the way over here. We don't know if that was flask of oil or what. So David goes back out to the sheep. He's like, oh, okay, whatever my daddy says, I'm just going to go back out here with the sheep. So this is where the story gets juicy. Saul starts to get really darkened down. Saul has these episodes where uh, anxiety and depression kind of attack him. And, and his servant suggests that he listen to some music. So let's read in First Samuel 16, starting in verse 15. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. Uh, He will play you soothing music like Nora Jones and you will soon be well again. (laughs) All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays Nora Jones and bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, man of war. He has good judgment. He's also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse, saying, Send me your son David the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread, a wineskin, and full of wine. Okay, first off, wine, because yes. What does that not heal? Am I right? <laughs> All right, I'm alone with that one. Um, anyways, so remember David? Out in the sheep having a, a just a, not a care in the world fully anointed set, set, set apart for god by the prophet not sin yet stepped into his full calling he hasn't yet stepped into any of those things yet shredding his little heart david starts going back and forth from his sheep to the palace to serve the king by playing sweet night night lullabies back and forth because saul needed to relax I mean, if I was David, I would be getting a little petty at this point because not only you know that you were meant for something greater in this moment, but then you got sent back to this and you're like, is this it? Is this all I'm meant to do? It's just, I mean, the sheep, yeah. We like you, we like you, David. And and and, and the, the dad just keeps reminding him, you're just the sheep, the shepherd. You are that. You're supposed to stay there. We get these kind of, kind of, and, and, and like me, he gets sent to Saul, the palace. so he's so close, but yet so far. So he's probably thinking, oh, all right, I'm, my time is coming. But Saul's like, now just just play me some night-night music because I'm having trouble sleeping, but I'll need you to go right back to the sheep. Remember who you are, David. David just plays him to, to sleep and just constantly, and if you're as petty as me, if David was as petty as me, I'd be like sing, playing him night-night music. I'll be like, I'm gonna change those shades. When, <laughs> when I move in here, that couch is gone. Oh, I'm going to do a whole like, you know, like modern infusion in this room. This is going to be my like little music room. Like he's probably already starting to plan because he knows I'm supposed to be here. This is what I was called to do. Uh, Imagine feeling like that. You're, You're there where you're supposed to be, but it's not yet time. You just got forgotten by your daddy. Your brothers don't take you seriously. Saul now has you going back and forth, playing night at the Roxbury for him whenever he needs to relax. This must be hard for David to see anything past the embarrassment of being marked but having to serve. And beyond serving Saul, let's jump to chapter 17 of David's life where we read he once again is not leading yet and he's not king, but he serves. Chapter 17, starting at 12. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse and Ephraim from Bethlehem in the land of Judea. Jesse was an old man at the time and he had eight sons. Jesse's three eldest sons, 16 pack of abs, uh, already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. Verse 14, David was the youngest son. David's three older brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he can help his father with the sheep. For 40 days, every morning and evening, this Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army one day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread, carry them quickly to the captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report of how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul in the Israelite army in the valley of Eli fighting against the Philistines. Now, for some of you who are perking up, like, Oh, I think I know this chapter. This is the chapter of the story of David and Goliath. Uh, And you know what, before we move on, spoiler alert, David wins, so let's just get that right on off the, because that's not where we're going to go this morning. Here's my favorite version of the story. This big uh, uh, guy, Goliath, so Aquaman, he's, you know, he's stupid, talking all this mess about God, like, your God don't know crap. Your guy is so stupid, he can't even hear you. He's talking all this mess about the people of Israel, like you're under Kanye West's rule. You guys are dumb. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're doing. I'm just the biggest man in the world. My name is Aquaman, and I'm here to attack you. And, and talking all this mess, and, and a little Screech comes with his little basket of DoorDash food, because daddy told him to deliver to his brothers. And he's like, hey, I got pizza rolls, guys. Um, hey, what? wow, is that him? He's been talking mess. Wow. The brother's like, shut up, David. Man, give us the bread. What are you doing here anyways? He's like, oh man, I just uh, I just Uber Eats right now, brother. Um, well, has anybody tried to attack him? And they're like, dude, go. David, remember, he's just rejected, not wanted. So David goes off in his own little screech world. He picks up a couple stones. He washes them off, little five smooth stones. Yeah, well, okay. He's got his little slingshot because what else is there to do besides and then like swing rocks at his sheep and goat just to play tricks on him. Those are his only friends. So he picks up a couple stones. Let me me just try Picks a good spot up, right where Goliath just, Hey, your god is so stupid. Three, five, four, I'm Aquaman. David's like, all right, let me see if I can, I don't know, I just want to try it out. I do this in the field all the time. Throws his little sling back lets that little thing loose, and it hits Goliath right in the forehead. Goliath falls down, T-K-O. Now, you've heard this story in probably children's church, and you've probably heard the rated G version of this story. Mommy, Mommy, today we learned about David and Goliath, and David took out the giant man, and God gave him victory. (laughs) Yeah, honey, that's so sweet. As a kid, we loved that story, because who doesn't love a, a, a young boy getting the uh, becoming a conquer over somebody big and, and and so so that's the rated G version let me give you the rated R version cuz this story gets narvar's <laughs> so david shoots aquaman aquaman's tko everyone's like gasp gasp with me yeah that's it that's it there it is okay and scene so we're here he's got that. david comes off the mountain everyone's like gasp. He comes on. So, this is rated R version. This is true. This is in your Bible. Read it sometime. It's juicy. David comes up. He's like, "Ah, screech. He kicks off Saul's helmet like a bad dude. Just poof. Don't care about this guy. Talking trash. Kicks off Goliath's helmet. Takes Goliath's big sword from his own dead hands. Gets Goliath's long hair up Aquaman now. And just takes Goliath's head. I said rated R. I already warned you. Trigger warning. Flash warning, come on. Takes it. David's a bad dude. God damn. Goliath just said. He's there. David's like, goes to Saul's tent. Is this the dude? Is this the dude who's been talking trash for 40 days and 40 nights? Saul's like, what in the world? Just, that's Goliath. He's like, oh my gosh. David throws it. Okay. Do you need me to play heart for you again, Saul? <laughs> That's how humble David is. This guy just severed a man's head. He killed the guy who's been talking trash. And he's like, okay. Do you need me to play heart for you? You need a little song right now? You feel a little down? <laughs> well, they'll be down and needs a little song. Saul's so like, what just happened? And the next thing David does, you see him back in the field. The next thing, Point number two, when you are marked, you learn to serve before you slay. David's here playing the harp for, to, for Saul to go to sleep. David gets asked the last one to be called in, and he's like, oh, I didn't even get to get cleaned up. Uh, but what's going on in here? David got sent on DoorDash duty to go deliver a charcuterie board to his brothers. When his brothers, his daddy thought, those are my real sons fighting out in the battle. Now listen, you could do your DoorDash duties and go over there and get him some charcuterie board, because my boys are hungry. So he gets sent on these errands after errands after errands, but never truly occupies the place that God and him know he was supposed to be. Finally, he's like, what the heck? Fact that David took down the very thing that the entire army that his brothers were fighting, the same brothers that mocked him, left him out, didn't take him seriously. <laughs> There's this, uh, I love how you see David's brothers tease David. Um, there's this really uh, cool little verse. In verses 28 and 29, you read this little encounter David has with his brothers. Uh, 28 says, but when David's eldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, this is right when he brought the charcuterie board to him. He's like, hey, guys. And this is Eliab. Uh, he's like, what are you doing around here anyways? What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of, you little twig? I know you're about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. David, what have I done now? I was only asking a question. (laughs) This is when he's like, who's that? He's big. Wow. He's just like, (laughs) dun-dun-dun. David was not only not seen, but church, he was asked to serve over and over again, time and time again. David showed up, showed us how to continue to stand when the hits just keep coming. And when you're no, you're marked. Say it with me, church. Say, "I'm I'm marked. When you stop being limited by what others think of you, When you stop believing the lies being told by your failures of your mistakes, when you stop allowing the questions of who, what, or how, you start believing the truth. And the truth is no matter what you've been through, no matter how unseen you may feel, no matter the hits that just keep coming, where you're asking, begging God, why me? Why can't it be my turn? When's my promotion? Why does no one see me? You are still marked by God. The last point, of the life of a marked person is when you are marked, don't forsake the familiar. David kept going back to the sheep, doing the last thing God told him to do. See, so after, after playing Saul night-night music, time after time, being asked by his own father to be Uber Eats to his brothers in the battle, after being teased and left out and unseen, David returns to what he knows God asked him to do. Now I'm not saying go back to old habits, don't mishear me, or or, or, or bad habits. I'm. T- Talking about returning to that nine to five until you feel released to where God has you ultimately. Where you feel the peace of God because when we are uncertain of what to do next, going back to the last thing God asked us to do and be consistent is, that is where we find the peace that surpasses all understanding. The presence of God is in that, to get clarity on what's next in his timing. So to close, the three points again I wanted to communicate to you is when you are marked, you're not often seen. When you are marked, you learn to serve before you slay. When you are marked, do not forsake the familiar. You are called family. You are marked. No matter if you are forgotten like David or disregarded or done something you regret or no matter what you're struggling with today, you are marked in God's eyes to be who God has called and equipped you to be. God can and will you use you no matter where you are, who you are, what you're dealing with, or what you're stuck with. David was forgotten. David killed and then went back to what he was doing before. David was dealing with being disregarded, disposed of, neglected, and unseen. When you feel unseen, that's when this we feel like God can't see you either. And the conflict begins. Because they can't see, God can't see me either. We connect our being seen by people to being seen by God. And it is not true. Why we question our purpose, our call, our identity in Christ is because at some point, somebody somewhere did not see you the real you when you serve but can't seem to get to the places or positions you know you are supposed to be at is when God starts doing the most work on your heart in serving others you have no idea when God will promote you in his timing when you think that going back is just it has a bad connotation right like I don't want to go back I'm not trying to go back Sophia I'm looking at the front window not the rearview mirror But sometimes when God calls you to go back to the same thing you've been doing, and you're like, God, when is this ever going to be a promotion? When are you ever going to fully just put me forward? When am I going to feel like I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be? Do the last thing that God called or asked you to to be obedient in, that's when you feel the presence of God to return to the last thing you were supposed to be or called to do. There's power in that, just like David, unseen by his own father family, that asked to be DoorDash for his brothers, and knowing he was called to greater, then goes back to handle the sheep time and time again, and there's power in that family. I wanna challenge every marked person in here this morning, that you are seen, you are loved, you are marked by God, and nothing nor no one can ever take that away from who God has called you to be. Because you are marked. Say that with me. Say, I'm marked. I'm marked. In this moment, I wanna give you a chance for everything I said to soak in. So I asked Eric to lead this song that I was, it was on my heart while I was preparing this message. And I just was like, oh God, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this because I'm feeling it, family. I like the words of the song. It says, it's just you and me here now. Just me and you, God, in this moment. It's just you and me. Because oftentimes we don't get this time to just be like, God, it's just you and me right now. There's no, other bu- There's no other person in this room. It's just you and me. And I need to be real hot with you right now. I'm a little disappointed in life. I'm a little hurt by the disappointments that I received. I'm a little hurt and offended by the rejection that I've been getting time and time again. I'm a little frustrated with still being my nine to five when I know I'm qualified for something greater. I challenge you to be hot with God right now. Ask him the questions that are burning in your heart. Be real with where you are in this moment. Be honest about feeling marked. Maybe you get honest about feeling unseen, wrestling with feeling unmarked. Maybe rejection has beaten you down. Questions of when, why are burning a hole in you, making it hard to see God. I want you to listen to this words, and I'll be back up.
1: Take my heart, I lay it down at the feet of you. all my dreams you're my delights be my everything and Just you
0: Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord God. I thank you for this time with you. I thank you for the lessons we learned through David's life and journey, Lord God. One of a marked person, Lord God. It, it sounds glamorous, but a marked life, Lord God, by you is, is one that comes with its trials and tribulations. Lord God, I pray for every soul here under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you will continue to remind them that they are marked by you. They are seen by you. They are loved by you. And you have a plan and a purpose for every single one of them. Whether they are struggling, whether they are battling, whatever wall is in front of them, you know them by name. You know what they're called to be. So, Father, I thank you so much for this time this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, don't forget. The Connection Corner on the back where I hope to meet some of you. And whether you're new here, first time a week here, or maybe you've been here for five years and you want to say hi, I'll be out there in the Connection Corner. Guys, we will see you next weekend. God bless.